The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. For those who love God, all things work together for good. St. Paul said that. He had his head severed from his neck with a very large sword. He loved God very much. For the past several weeks, the Holy Gospel, which the Spirit has appointed for our hearing, has come to us from the 13th chapter of Matthew, where we hear our Lord teaching in parables about the hiddenness of what God is up to in him, otherwise known as the kingdom of heaven. First, there was the parable of the sower who went out to sow, then the one about the weeds that came up with the wheat, then one about a tiny mustard seed and what becomes of it. And now, a net full of fish, both good and bad. Our Lord in all of these is answering the question, is God really at work in Jesus? And if he is who we think he is, why doesn't he get rid of the weeds? And why all the bad fish? Our Lord's holy apostles looked around and they had doubts. Just before this series of seven parables, Matthew tells us that Jesus' popularity had started to tank. His approval rating was at an all-time low. The religious experts who knew their Bibles a lot better than you or I were challenging him at every turn, even to the point of calling him demon-possessed. John the Baptist was sitting in jail. And if you were sitting in a jail back then, it was for one of two reasons. 
you were either waiting for your trial or your execution. No one did time. So he slipped a note for delivery to his cousin. It said, and I will paraphrase, If you are the Christ, then why am I on death row? To top it all off, Jesus' own relatives were upset with him. They were demanding an intervention, a conference at the kitchen table. Jesus had become an embarrassment to them. So what about the twelve, those fishers of men? What are they to make of all this? It does not look like God is in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. It does not look like Jesus is the Christ at all. But of course, you know that he is, and that's why you're here today. For what God is up to right now may not be obvious to you. Sometimes what God does gets kicked around and choked and crushed. Sometimes what God does gets nailed to a cross. And wherever God does something, the devil puts in overtime. Expect it, Jesus says. Expect that one of you will betray me and one of you will deny me. Maybe somebody right here, in the goodness of God's house, someone whom God has blessed and chosen and brought near, someone who took the morsel of forgiveness and life and with 30 pieces of silver in hand is ready to offer the blasphemous kiss. Someone here gives the peace of the Lord in words but not in deeds. So if you've got ears, then listen. What ends up as a tree with the birds of the air making nests in its branches begins as the smallest of seeds, begins by looking quite insignificant, even worthless. What looks like so much indiscriminate sowing yields a crop with a 30, no, 60, no, hundredfold return. What God does may be betrayed and denied and nailed up to die. It may bring the cry of forsakenness from the Son of God himself and the looming question, why? As thick and as dark as that sky that turned black in the middle of a Friday afternoon. But I tell you, and the Spirit confirms it, it is life for you. It is the sprouting of a tree and nest-making in its branches. It is resurrection for you. God doing his sowing in you. And just as he answered the cry of dereliction with a resurrection and a word that has gone out the ends of the earth, so too, as the psalmist says, he will fulfill his purpose for you and for the world. The net that you're in has smelly carpenet, bad dudes, and viruses, 
and masks we really hate. And God will deal with it in his good time or in the end. Right now, he's got a crucifixion to work out, maybe with you. That man, Paul, who once couldn't accost enough Christians and see them stoned to death or burning on some stake by God's grace, came to say that all he wants to do now is share Christ's sufferings and become like him in his death. Alleluia. Our world has gone mad. So do something, Jesus, we say. And he does. He holds out his hands and lets himself be bound and reckoned with transgressors. None of his sleepy friends knew what was really going on. For now, we see as through a glass darkly, only later face to face. God, though, sees what you do not sees that there are yields and harvests and trees and treasures and pearls still to come. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts, says the Lord. That's why Jesus got himself elected to absolutely nothing and got buried in a borrowed grave so that you and I, whose ways and thoughts are so often at odds with his, can come here and, in spite of everything out there, be blessed here. Be blessed even though that which God sows looks like so much wasted time or a worthless pinprick of a mustard seed. Though even the net of the church be filled with fish that are no good to anyone, Jesus will sort it out. You just keep on fishing and keep mending those nets as you were called to do. Jesus just told you that every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. You know the old. Expect here the new. Because with Christ, a corner has been turned. A bridge has been crossed. Something totally original has happened to the cosmos and to you. So that you can come here and expect God here to make good on his promises here. There is here a treasure in a field for you today. Go dig it up and be both sated and satisfied with his longing to take you with him to the cross and from there to the life of the world to come. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing me here to give me what only you can give. And only my opened palm is needed to receive it, the medicine of your love forever.
in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.